This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Happy New Year! Welcome to the first live broadcast of 2019 as we approach the 21st anniversary of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. I'm excited because folks are tuning in either live on 90.1 FM KPFT, where we broadcast at 100,000 watts. Today, you're the second to find out because we release this information on our newsletter eblast. If you want to get onto our newsletter eblast, you can call us, which is old tech style. <laughs> and probably Marlene, who's answering the phones, will take your email and name and we'll add you to it. Because if you were on our email blast list, you would know that today is the last day that we're broadcasting at 6 p.m. I'm going to pause there and hopefully make you sweat because you might think, wait, is your show going off the air? little pregnant pause there. No, no, no. So we are actually moving up one hour. So new year, new time, beginning next week. We know you're in the habit of tuning in at 6 p.m. We're going to ask you to still tune in to KPFT. There'll still be great shows on. And then... Next week, we'll be on at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's going to be our new time slot. We hope you will adjust for us. And, of course, for folks who are tuning in, at they go to Nuestra Palabra On Demand. If you go to NuestraPalabra.org, you can click on some of our past shows on demand. So I've tuned in to some over the break. We broadcast some. So the last two weeks, we were recorded. So folks who are listening to some of Nuestra Palabra on demand, and it's funny to to listen to them because you don't realize just how much of everything we say is in context to the date, the time, <laughs> you know, what goes on before, what goes on after. Are you ed- are, are you criticizing? Are you being critical? <laughs> are you saying we should have taken that out? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, I think it's, it's kind of like uh, David Foster Wallace said, you never know what is... Uh, cliche what the context is you never know if old is new because it's pretty cool to listen to it and think oh my goodness it sounds different out of that specific time frame but there's no way around it so i i say that too because one answer is to make all evergreen shows but the argument i think is that even an evergreen show is still not evergreen there's some aspects that are still indicative of the time and place so if you're listening to this show on podcast, well, it's not technically a podcast; it's on demand. Maybe it's ten years from now, and you're thinking, "Wow, look at what they look at what they thought." You know, nuestra palabra was merely going to do not the incredible things that came to pass. That's one thing. Of course, we're also tweeting, uh, posting the radio show, and also it goes out in our newsletter as well. So we appreciate all your support. Perhaps you're a scholar tuning in. We're so happy that the University of Houston Digital Archives saves all of our programs. It's not quite as easy to get to, but what's wonderful is that they've preserved it for the long haul. So there are different ways to access that information, especially for scholars, so that we know that the work we've done here will be preserved. And then finally, our hard copy archives are kept at the Houston Public Library Hispanic Collection. So as we enter the new year, new time, I do want to thank you for all that support. Let you know that you have made history with us. We're so proud of the work that we've done. But you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing. That's right. You ain't seen nothing yet. Boom. (laughs) We're turning 21. You know, that's like when you graduate from college, kind of. So we're, we're done with high school, so we're not getting a senioritis. No, but we're getting legal drinking age. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What you know, there's a whole myth about writers and whatnot, but 
drink responsibly, but now we can do it <laughs> if we were human that's 21. And as we get ready for our master's degree, you're going to see us take everything to the next level. So today on the program, we do have two guests, which is what you've come to expect. So I tell you that because tonight, dear listener, we're actually broadcasting right around the same time that President Trump is declaring a state of emergency for no emergency. And that's going to be airing live on several other mediums. We're not being preempted for that. And, of course, we can't, we can't do a live dissection of that because we've committed to promoting Latinx art, literature, culture, and thought. We will not be distracted from that. We set the tone and the agenda, and we're going to stick to it. Now, on the flip side, we cannot address every single fire Our community is surrounded by about 200 fires at once. However, with grace and panache, we can bring you the voice of the people. Today on the program, we're going to have two guests. Edro Vidarue, who is a good friend of Nuestra Palabra and the Libro Traficantes. He is the 2018-2019 McAllen, Texas Poet Laureate. He's got some new work that we'll be talking to him about at the top of the program and then in the second half of the show, Antonio Arellano, who now works for Jolt, but you've heard his public commentary on television, on radio. Perhaps you're one of the many folks that follows him on social media. We're happy to have him in the studio to talk about what's coming up for this new year. And, of course, there's plenty to talk about because today the Texas legislative session kicked off. I kind of want to address that at that time and get to that when we talk to Antonio. But stay tuned for that this is a show about kicking off 2019 the right way because 2019 is the year of community art we're calling it wanted to start off by giving you a few highlights again if you're getting our newsletter the cultural accelerator you probably read this at work while you're pretending to do some work this is way more important than those files we know that so we're down with you We appreciate that. And if you're driving, hey, I don't want you to get in trouble or in an accident, so I'll read a little bit of it to you. But also, this is a chance for you to 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 get online, get on the email list and make sure your friends know about it. But there's a lot coming up, including, happy to announce this, it is the 21st anniversary showcase extravaganza. Save the date, Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019, at... We're getting all fancy. The Museum of Fine Arts, Houston, Brown Auditorium. It's going to be at 1001 Bissonnet, also said Bissonnet. (laughs) And it's going to be free. There will be some ways for you to RSVP seats if you join the NP100 Club. Also, first time I get to announce on the air, as a premium to join the NP100 Club. Or when you pledge to Nuestra Palabra during the pledge drive, That's going to be Tuesday, March 5th. Either way, you will get a special premium that is exclusive to our supporters. AD3D created 3D bookmarkers for us. They're the Libre Traficante bookmarkers. We'll tweet out some of them, and if you go to the Facebook page, you'll see them. They're very cool. You can't get them anywhere. But you can flaunt flagrantly that you read bad books with that bookmarker. And support us as well. So if you go to nuestapalabra.org, you can find out how to support us. But save that date. We're going to be releasing some of the names that are going to be with us. It's going to be huge. We're so excited for that to come in. But you got a whole year of events coming up that we're proud to be in the middle of. February 14th to the 16th. We know you're going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. But Houston... Texas will also be the site for the 2019 Knox Tejas Foco Regional Conference. It's going to be a Houston Community College Eastside campus. I had the pleasure of chairing this back in 2015 at Lone Star College North Harris. And we had about 300 people here. So you can expect about 200 folks from Houston who are educators, scholars, students, activists, administrators, people from the community who all support and love mixed American studies and ethnic studies, and about 100 folks from around the state as well. That's really also what was the basis for a lot of our activism to push 
for ethnic studies. So don't miss that. We have a, we'll have we put a little link up to that. You can start hitting the eBright up for that. But our crew has three panels for that. So we're looking forward to telling about the Libro Traficantes. We have made history. We love to share it. People are studying us. It really is a blessing and an honor to be able to say that. We take that. We take that as the honor and blessing that it is. We're happy to share some of those findings to let you know some of the intelligentsia that's been involved in building that up and some of the layers involved. I'm also very happy to be saying that we'll be talking about Nuestra Palabra itself as we go to our 21st anniversary. There's a lot of great things that we've done using our community's cultural capital. We're going to explicate that layer by layer. And the third panel, I'm so proud to say, will be about cultural capital. Uh, I'm really excited that I can share that with the community. I think we really have to protect our cultural capital. And to put it quickly, these are basically practices, customs, beliefs, talents that we may take for granted, but have changed the world. And we have the proof. We joined the national movement to defy the ban of Mexican studies in Arizona. And we united to turn, overturn that racist law and to keep it in check. We're so happy that we got to see it on our watch that that was overturned. The second manifestation of that power is that the Texas State Board of Education voted across party lines last year to endorse Mexican American Studies. Folks said that that would never happen. We have to understand how that happened and preserve that strength and take it to the next level, which we will this year. I'm going to titillate you a little bit with that tease, but this year you're going to see some incredible things during the 2019 year of community art. It's going to blow your mind. And I'm resisting giving you more details, but you'll see them step by step. Of course, we're looking forward to having visitors from all over the country during spring 2019, the Houston Spring of Latino Art. This is going to include Latino Art Now 2019, called LAN 2019, April 4th to the 6th. A lot of it will take place at the University of Houston, but throughout the city, Folks will be getting involved. We'll be telling you on the radio show as well as through our e-blast. Here's another huge announcement that I couldn't wait to tell you. No one else has heard about this except if you're on our email list. Uh, Letty, we got funded to create the Latino Arts Registry and Directory, the first of its kind. All right. It's going to be incredible. That is awesome. And people can't believe that it's never existed. We're going to engender it, and it's going to be a way to promote Latinx artists at every level. But when people come to Houston, they're going to know exactly where to find the art. And when they don't live here, they're going to say Houston is the leader in promoting community art. So we hope people register for that. We'll let you know as it develops. But we're developing that from scratch, and it really is going to change the way that we think about arts and literature. I'll close with this, too. I'm very honored and blessed to be among the 90 authors, artists, dancers. I'm not a dancer, though. uh, Who received individual artist grants from the Houston Arts Alliance. They funded over 90 authors to the tune of over a million dollars, which is incredible. And they're making a commitment to continue that. Now, of course, there may be drawbacks and barriers in that. But right now, the new... The new director, John Obadili, is making a commitment to keep pushing that and trying to uh, do that same amount of support over the next four years for five years. And he said that he thinks that will transform the face of art in Houston. I concur. So we'll make sure that if you're on the email list and if you listen to the radio show, we'll let you know when the next round of applications comes out. But that's fantastic. I want to thank the mayor of Houston and the Cultural Affairs Office, as well as Councilman Robert Gallegos, for helping support that. We're happy to get city initiative grants, which will help in part to do our 25th anniversary, as well as the Latino Arts Directory. So, Letty, it's going to be a huge year this year. That's right. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, I'll be doing five free workshops and talks about cultural capital. We ain't playing. This is it. We're creating a movement and take it to the next level. So happy you'll be with us. Let's start it this year with poetry. We're about to talk to the Poet Laureate of the Valley, the RGV Poet Laureate in a little bit. Stay tuned. And, of course, 
go to our social media to find out how to get more information about everyone we're talking to. Because this really is just the tip of the pyramid. Everybody we bring on, I'm so happy we can titillate you with just about a 15 or 20 minute interview. But they are doing so much work at so many other levels. So, uh, let the any New Year's resolutions you want to share with folks? Um, do I have to make that public? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot. You did, but I'm going to be better at it. That's that's New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cool. So, should we do music or get right to our next guest? Um, so, with the music, we only have live performances, so we're going to need to sign up some in, some musicians and bands for some a little bit of live performance or demo some songs. So. If you have some music you want to reach out and have have on our show, get in contact with me. Get in contact with Nuestra Palabra info at nuestrapalabra.org. And, and I think, you know what, this is something that we should dwell on. So the idea is that, one, this year, Nuestra Palabra will even more closely support Houston-based, Texas-based musicians and artists because the only music we're going to play at the top of the show or for between segments will be music from folks we know. We're going to ask for your permission to air it. That's right. And we're also going to promote you like mad. Yep. And, and you might be on for a couple of weeks. I love months. it. Yes. And then, and then what I love about that is it's a win-win for everybody involved. Yes. Fantastic. So that's our commitment to you, dear listeners, which means if you know a musician that would love to hear their music, uh, <laughs> Marlon just raised her hand. <laughs> if you know a musician... Have them call in. Have them reach out to us. Or, or you got to kind of be their their muse or their agent and get them involved. So, Marlene, your cousin's band, I hope we're going to get some of their music to play between segments and maybe have them live on the air, yeah? Yeah, they actually uh, released uh, their new song today. It's on their Facebook. So I'm going to get with my cousin and see if I can get, uh, get either Elton or the whole band to come in and maybe play some of their music. G- give their band a shout-out again. It's called Elise, E-L-Y-Z-E. And I remember we've had them on the show before. So. Yeah, we had him with uh, Pablo Espantabajaros. Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah, we had him, I think it was like 2017, maybe. So I love it. So yeah. maybe they'll be one of the first ones. And if you know any musicians, maybe they'll be the second, third, fourth, and fifth. Fantastic. So I tell you what, then. Let's get to our first interview. Eduardo Vieira Dure. Are you there, my friend? Hey, how are you? Hey, fantastic. I want to tell folks a little bit about you. You are, as I mentioned earlier, the 2018-2019 McAllen Texas Poet Laureate. Congratulations for that, by the way. That's fantastic. Thank you, Tony, and uh, congratulations on that artist grant. Well-deserved, hermano. Oh, I appreciate that, and it really is great to, to have Houston and Valley supporting each other throughout all this. Before anyone recognizes our work, we're recognizing each other first. It's great to see all of us uh blossoming and of course you're an author of five collections of poetry i took my body on a road trip insomnia beautiful scars elegiac beat poems chicano blood transfusion and ramona and rumi love in the time of oligarchy and unedited necessary poems you've been published in several literary journals and anthologies you're the director of operations in 2018 for the Valley International Poetry Festival, moderator for Poetry Responding, and founder of Pasta Poetry and Vino, a reading series in the Rio Grande Valley. And I believe the Libra Taficatas were part of your first reading, if I remember correctly. Um, and he is two-time Pushcart Prize nominee and resides in McAllen. He writes from the front lines of the Mexican borderlands of El Valle and South Tejas. Feliz año, mi amigo. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. So what what are going to be some of your main projects? Because you do so much. What are going to be some of your main projects for 2019? Well, for 2019, uh, we're we're doing the second uh, volume of the of a McAllen Boyd Laureate Anthology series. Uh, it's a Rio Grande Valley Youth Anthology. We just uh, completed the first one um, titled Call to Rise. And I have two of the youth poets with me here that that are in that anthology. Oh, that's fantastic. So are you telling me that we're going to have the honor of having them make their North American radio debut tonight? Yeah, they, they, it's going to be the first time on the radio. Um, it's, what do you mean? No. Um, we have <laughs> Luna Cuevas, who has the only Spanish poem in the anthology. 
And then I have uh, Bella Vidaure, which who is my daughter, and she's got a, a poem in here as well. Oh, that is fantastic. Well, well you tell me, uh, do you want to set up a little bit of w what they wrote about and then have them read? Well, sure. Uh, you can, uh, or if you'd like to talk to them and ask them, um, they're right here. Oh, fantastic. And, they read, and they're ready to read their poem. Oh, fantastic. Well, let's have the first writer come on. She can introduce herself. Hi, my name is Luna Cuevas, and I wrote uh, the poem called Flor de Esperanza. Fantastic. And wh what year are you in school? Um, right now I'm in Dr. Kathy Middle School, but I wrote this poem when I was in fifth grade at Warder uh, Wilson Elementary. So let me, hold on, let me get this straight. So you're in sixth grade, and you're published, you read in public, and now you're reading on the radio? Yes. <laughs> I love it. And, and what are your future aspirations in college? What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a surgeon, and I also want to become the president of the United States. I love yeah. it. I love it. So, folks, if you introduce the youth to poetry and literature, you are not merely creating thinkers, you're creating leaders. Well, Aved, well, we'd love to have you read your first poem, and it's an honor to have it premiered on, on our radio show. Are you ready to read it? Yes. Dale. Thank you. Um, my name is Luna Cuevas, and I love the poem Flor de Esperanza. La palabra enfermedad no significa terminar, sino el comienzo de una nueva etapa de nuestra vida que debemos empezar. Tú, palabra enfermedad, no podrás destrozar la esperanza que Dios nos da. Para decir poder ver las flores florecer y al sol readante ver en el nuevo amanecer. Muy lindo. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. And, and do you write in Spanish all the time? Do you write English, Spang Spanglish, or, or what's your preference? Um, I write both, and sometimes I like to put some words that are in English into the Spanish poems or some Spanish words into the English poems. Fantastic. Congratulations. We're very proud of you. That was wonderful work. Thank you. And our next poet. Let's have our next poet introduce herself. Hi, my name is Bella Vidal, and I wrote the poem Living Love. Fantastic. And, and do you write poems only? Do you also write prose and fiction or in theater, or do you just love poetry mostly? Um, I like to write short stories sometimes, but mostly poems. Fantastic. As a fiction writer, I was feeling left out. So I'm glad that you, you find time to, to write fiction as well, because now I feel like, like we're, we're, we're being supported in the valley también. Que bueno. And what inspired, what inspired this poem? Um, just moving schools from Edinburgh to McAllen. Mm. And what grade are you in? Six. Sixth grade también. That is so wonderful to know that you're in sixth grade, you're published. You're reading your work in public and on the air. That's wonderful. So, so what do you wanna what do you wanna do after you finish college, or what do you wanna study in college? Um, forensic science. I want to be a forensic scientist. I love it. That's fantastic. And what I love too is that it makes it clear that being a, a well-rounded individual is really what what it takes to succeed. So, por favor, you'd be if you'd be wonderful enough to share your poem with us, por favor. Okay. Moving on. Poets need coffee. I don't like coffee. We moved into our new house over the summer and said goodbye to my friends. I miss them, but I'm dealing with it. I started a school. It's different. I brought my third grade life and over the summer skin rash. It's hard to deal with all these changes at nine years old. I should, I just want to make friends and be healthy. I should start drinking coffee and move on. Fantastic. And thank you so much for sharing that, especially when you had to deal with, with kind of a bit of an upheaval. So so fantastic. Gracias, and we wish you continued success. Edward, so great work. So, so are these the results of uh, – uh, so how do you get folks to submit? Are there classes involved as well? And, and are you, I imagine you're doing readings out there in the Valley también, no? Yeah, you know, I, I, I try to visit as many schools as possible, as many that will invite me. And uh, I get with the librarians, I get with the school teachers, uh, many, there's a lot of teachers here in the Valley that are also poets, 
so their students um, uh, get involved, you know, via their, um, you know, inspiration as well. And so um, I've been able to get poetry from students by, you know, posting it on Facebook and challenging parents and teachers and librarians to get their kids to get involved. And so, yeah, we, we got a really good amount of poetry this last time. And it's amazing because, um, we, you know, Rodney Gomez, uh, the next poet laureate after me, helped me with this book. We put it together as part of a, you know, team effort of poet laureate. And um, we, we looked at all the poetry and we're like, man, you know, there's, there's a little bit of everything here. You know, there was uh, life, love, illness, politics, and hope. You know, and, and these kids, you know, ranging from third to twelfth grade were writing from the heart. And so not until we actually listened to them read it at one of the um, book releases that we realized <laughs> how much more powerful it was listening to it, you know. And, I mean, we read it, but when they spoke it, it was amazing. No, and really to have young folks so composed and and ready to to be public speakers and orators. No, that's that's wonderful. That really is powerful. But Omida, yeah. we, we're running out of time. But do you have a poet to sh- do you have a poem to share? Because you are a poet laureate. We gotta we gotta you know we gotta flex on that, Manu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got a poem. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll read a poem that's in my book, uh, Ramona and Rumi. Yes, so and um, it's uh. It's a fun poem that, that I read. It's not fun, fun as to, uh, per se because of the situation, but the kids at the schools love it, and um, I've noticed that this one's a hit with, with them. So this one is titled, Ramona's Instructions on How to Handle the Death of a Pet Chicken. On how to handle the death of a pet chicken, get down to her level, look into her eyes, Promise her she won't be eaten. Tell her she's the prettiest chicken that ever lived. Read a poem about clouds to her. Code switch when praying at her feet. Show her where her altar will be when she passes. Bring the other pets in the family to show respect. Promise you won't eat eggs for nine days as a novena. Kiss her beak and wait. Ramona sings her a lullaby. Rumi at a distance, shovel in hand, prays to the earth for permission to dig. I love so it. That's, uh, <laughs> that's one of the poems in the book. Yeah. I love it. And we are lucky for you to share it to kick off 2019. I am wiser and bolder and more fired up after after hearing the, the, the gold from the valley inspiring us. So gracias, hermana, for all you do. Can't wait to have you back on the air and, and get to convene sometime soon. Thank you. Appreciate you. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be in Houston soon and we can uh, get together and, and share some poetry. Can't wait, hermano. And we'll, we'll send you the link to the to the podcast for this, también. Thank you. And uh, send me a, an email or a, an address where I can send you some books uh, for your collection over there. Uh, oh, you don't got to tell me twice, Mano. I see. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you. it. Gracias. Gracias. All right. H-Town and the Valley commiserating over arte. Falta un poco de chocolate y comidita, pero hey, next time. Now, coming up next, in a few shows, you'll insert your song here. But right now... We're going to ask for a pledge. No, that's not Pledge Drive yet. Pledge Drive is March 5th. <laughs> She's freestyling. <laughs> Letty is freestyling. Was that Selena? Bitty, bitty, bum, bum? Uh, no, because that's copyrighted. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can say the name of it, though. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, insert your song here next week. And I do hope our musician friends will will not let us down. Because it will be a little awkward if the second live broadcast of our radio show in 2019 includes me talking through the segues. Because this is a great time to include other art forms. And you can't see dance. Although maybe we've had local dancers during local music. That would be even cooler. We're going to get you ready for our next segment. Now joining us live in the studio... 
is a great friend of Nuestra Palabra and a fantastic activist. His, name, his <laughs> name is Antonio Arrellano. Antonio, welcome. Welcome hey, so back. How's it going? It's so great to be here with you. Man, great way to start the New Year. New Year's with you. Now, let me tell folks who don't know. Everybody knows this, pero, you know, para la persona que, que no sepa. Uh, Antonio Arrellano is a nationally recognized influential Latino in the U.S. He's currently the communions director for JOLT, an amazing organization building a movement of Latinos in Texas. He's originally from Mexico, Lindo, Mexico. Hey. He uses a social media platform to educate, inform, and engage his audience on a variety of topics covering immigration, civic engagement, and civil rights issues. His media platforms combined each reach an estimated audience of over 100,000 followers with a high concentration of millennials. His consistent innovation has garnered national attention and he's been featured in national publications. Today he's going to be telling us about the grand opening of Jolton Houston, which is exciting. But he's got to tell us about the billboard first, okay? Oh, man. <laughs> Especially, and again, a little later, this will be out of context because folks will be listening to it right. on demand or, or right. as they go through social media. But tonight, it's this, It's almost the same time as Trump tells us about the crisis on the border, which only he sees. Right. So no one else sees it right. except him. So it's a perfect time to tell folks about the <laughs> the huge Twitter billboard. billboard. Right, right. Well, first of all, you know, uh, like, thank you so much, Tony, for this space. I, you know, I, I think it's so important that we continue to uplift Latino voices uh, across the state of Texas. You've done such an, an important job at, and, and you play such a pivotal role in doing that here in, in Houston and Harris County. So thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, a little bit about the billboard, if that's, if that's what you want to discuss. Um, the billboard, uh, for those who don't know, was an initiative that um, I put on in collaboration with David Hogg, who is the uh, Parkland shooting survivor. Uh, we both collaborated through the, the magic of social media. You know, that, that project came along uh, on Twitter, you know, shortly after President Trump said that he was going to come to the Lone Star State to endorse Senator Cruz um, for, at that time, his reelection. We said, well, wait a minute. This is interesting because <laughs> not too long ago, you were not, not very happy about Senator Cruz. And so we found uh, a, a tweet, a, a, a um, 2016 tweet from President Trump that at that time... Uh, talked about uh, Senator Cruz um, and said that why would anybody in Texas vote for Cruz? He's an all talk, no action politician. <laughs> and so that's what that's what we ran with. We printed that on a billboard and put it on wheels and it circulated across <laughs> Dallas, Austin, Houston and um, toward the state. So it garnished a lot of attention, national all, press. All kinds of national press. Yeah. But it was a yeah. real life truck. It was a real life was... truck. Yeah. And you know, and, and the whole purpose of that was, you know, to just kind of remind Republicans or conservatives in the state of Texas of where their president really stands um, in regards to Senator Cruz and how all of this is politics um, and just it theater, just right. political theater, which is a lot of what he's doing today with the um, manufactured crisis that he has come up with in his head and this um, propaganda. It's not speech. It's not a, not a political speech. It's propaganda that he's uh, putting out for the American people tonight. Now, by the way, we get uh, we have a lot of listeners who love us. We also get monitored by right wingers that, that, that always try and say we're doing stuff wrong. So I want to make them. Clear, clear. We're not talking about a candidate because the election's over. The election's over. He's <laughs> the election's president. over. This is freedom of speech. We're reporting facts. The fact was, you had a cool billboard <laughs> comparing past go. sentences. And the fact is, right now, uh, Trump is on air saying something about a crisis that no one else sees. He shut the government down. These are just facts. And you know, uh, 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 likewise, we're just telling you what you could read on on Twitter as well. Just like he was saying that the. The caravan, no, it's not a caravan. The group of poor families mm -hmm. that was walking on foot mm -hmm. with children and seekers. moms, uh, asylum seekers mm -hmm. who were complying with asylum regulations, mm -hmm. that they were some sort of invasion. Yeah, no, no, so, no. Not, not the yeah, case we, can't, we can't allow him to control the narrative like that. And media just needs to play a very pivotal role in making sure that we uh, call it for what it is. And, and what he's doing tonight, you know, while he's in the Oval Office talking about uh, negative rhetoric towards immigration, there's 800,000 federal employees that can't receive a check. And there's children still sitting in, in, in cages and in detention centers across the United States. You know, Texas has become now synonymous with detention centers, and it's under this administration. And we cannot continue to tolerate that going forward. And, and I do want to point out, you, you mentioned that national media and local media do have a commitment to reporting 
profoundly about these issues. Yeah. What I love too is is with through your work, but also through Jolt, these are uniquely Tejano activities mm-hmm. that I th- I think would you agree are changing the narrative. Absolutely, that's exactly what the mission of Jolt is: is to empower the Latino community to know that they are powerful and that the reason that they are under attack is because they are powerful, because we're the biggest threat. And when you realize th- that and you hone into your power, we are unstoppable. And that's why we're so happy to be coming into Harris County, that into is Houston. Exciting. You know, Jolt has been mobilizing and organizing Latinos in Texas, in Austin, and in Dallas across the state, and we're so happy to be opening our office in uh, in the East and out of all places, the historic East End. And I, I would like to use this time to make an open invite to anybody in the community that wants to come out. It's 7305 Navigation Boulevard, 530, January 31st, the grand opening of Jolt in, in Houston. We're so happy to be here and in and, and such a uh, such a special place. That's exciting. Pachanga so anyone can come? Anybody can come. Open to the public. Come on down. Uh, we want you guys to, uh, to meet us. We want to meet you and uh, talk a little bit about what we're ready to do for 2019 and in preparation for 2020. Um, we want to make sure that you are aware of um, your power and, and, and break down you know, how influential Harris County can be. You know, Tony, when they talk about the Latino vote, you hear this a lot in the press, they're talking about Harris County where you have the second largest Latino population in the United States. Man. You know, um, there's 2.7 million Latinos that live in the Houston metro area. That is power. That Man. is a lot of power. And whenever we are able to uh, focus on uplifting that voice, uplifting that power, we can really transform politics in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. That that is exciting. And I think but but let, let me add something to that. Because it's it's one thing to have the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean all you have to do is look at, for example, just to give an extreme case, I mean apartheid was where you had a huge population of folks who did not have power. I, I bring it up too because w- what you get at is that if we don't harness this power, develop it, um it seems to be a threat to people. That's why you hear all this negative connotations. So I think this type of work is very important because not only is it um, important to say, okay, register to vote, but I, I believe Jolt is actually grooming Latinas to run. Yeah, so uh, Jolt Initiative has now launched a movement called Movement Mujeres, right? And so we understand through our research that female Latinas uh, are, are mobilizing at a, at a number that is not comparable to their male counterparts and not comparable to their female non-Latina counterparts. They're Man. really leading the way in civic engagement in the state of Texas, and we want to make sure that we continue to help polish their leadership skills and place them in positions of power if they want to run. And that's what Movement Mujeres is doing. This fellowship is available online right now for you to apply. The deadline is actually tomorrow. No, Go to movementmujeres.com and apply. Yes, uh, tomorrow. We, we, we were running a social media campaign um, for a little bit over a month now, getting submissions from women all over the state. Um, and, and we're so excited that there's so many women that are ready to serve this state. And, and, and we as men need to uh, uh, give them the room to lead and show them show us the future of this country. Now, of course, the college side of me kicks in. I feel like the deadline's coming. So I got to ask you college, <laughs> college days question. So the deadline's tomorrow. At 5 p.m. or midnight? 5 p.m. Or? Yeah, oh, tomorrow at 5 p.m. So go professor. online right now That's after the, the show. Professor. After the show, of course. Don't 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 unplug from, from the conversation. Not, but after not the show. 501? No, not 501. Oh, 5 p.m. That's a tough professor. Movementmujeres.com. <laughs> Check it out. Apply. Um, and we, we you know, and we're 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 paying this women, these women to come and participate in this because we think that it's important. And a lot of times what limits us is that you know, we I have a job or I have other commitments and I don't have the time to make it. But we're providing them with that so that they do make the time so that they they, they see this as an invest in, investment in themselves and, and you know I, I think one key thing about uh, ethnic studies and in fact in the band curriculum you had Paulo Freire Pedagogy of the Oppressed and that name always scares right wingers but uh, they talk about the praxis and I think we as men the praxis should be where because the knee-jerk reaction would be like, no, nah, I support my mujer already, that phrase already is problematic mm-hmm. but then the idea is that the first step is perhaps and I don't know what you think of this support a, you know, a mujer that you know, mm-hmm. and first say, that's a great idea that you want to run. That's not a crazy idea. It, you should go for it. Or maybe even suggest to three mujeres 
that they should apply. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not just, you know, support by saying, yeah, I think you should run, but letting them know, hey, we're counting on you to run. We need your voice at the table. And there's a lot of a lot of uh, legislation that's being passed that had there be more women voices uh, to, to really uh, evaluate the situation, maybe the outcome would have been a little bit different, especially when it comes to human rights, reproductive rights um, here in the state of Texas. And so we need female leaders to, to step up to the plate and and, and for uh, organizations to give them the room in, in the executive positions, in the CEO positions, because they have the opportunities and the abilities to not just transform our communities, but transform this country. That's exciting. Well, especially after the the last election. So I, I don't know. Do, do you want to um, give any highlights from the last election? I mean, we got uh, several Latinas that have made history. So proud to have two Tejanas for the first time, two Tejanas, going to Congress. Right. Yeah, yeah, two Latinas. That's super powerful. I mean, that's that speaks volumes to representation. Um, I think that it's so important that we do have these these strong um, uh, female leaders. Um, you know, uh, Jolt, we're so super happy because this last election was the la- first election that we endorsed candidates. All of our uh, endorsed state representatives won. All of, all of our state, oh, uh, all of our House representatives won. So we're going into 2019 with a lot of successes and really, really excited to continue to mobilize Perfect and organize <laughs> Latinos in Texas. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 so fundamental. It's so fundamental to our growth and our development. Um, this this legislative cycle, you were talking about it, you know, today we kicked off the legislative cycle up, up in uh, Austin, and we're, we're hitting the ground running. We're trying to mobilize the community around student debt because we believe in the future of, of Texas, and the future of Texas is with the youth, right? And there's a, there's a student crisis that is burying, uh, uh, particularly uh, students of color under loads and loads of student debt, right? Um, and so we're mobilizing behind three particular bills, uh, professional license bill, SB 37. So let me tell you, for those who don't know, the state of Texas is one of the only states in the country in where if you default on your student loans, you can lose your professional license. It is revoked. So all of that hard work, all of those, uh, all of your accomplishments, passing the test, staying up, but you know, finishing the course, it doesn't matter. Now, they're, they're taking away your license. Not not every state has that. Not every state has. So that, that. means that a bunch of business people lobbied Texas yeah. and said. This is the punishment. That's a racket. And, and so Texas is one of the only states that's actively revoking licenses. And so Man. professional, uh, so uh, SB 37 is going to prohibit that, prohibit Excellent. you from um, uh, being able to revoke a professional license from a student just because he defaults on the loan. Wow. Right. And so we're going to make sure that we uh, make sure that the community is well aware that this is on the floor and that we can move this forward. Another another of the two bills that we're rallying behind this legislative session and that people need to know that is on uh, proposed, that has been proposed, is education for all bills bill sb32 which says that com- uh, families that make less than hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month for household income can get tuition free colleges and universities in the state of texas that is fundamental wow. fundamental to the education and the future of our of our communities of color um here we in harris county in houston we've already seen uh, rice university go to a tuition free program for for commu- uh, for families that have uh, a lower income bracket we can de- we can duplicate that same model statewide and then um sb 33, which says colleges, um, community colleges, tuition free. Wow. So that's, so that's you know, that's being proposed. Um, there's momentum, and we want just uh, want to grow the community support behind that. That's exciting, especially uh, those are very positive ways to make a real impact yep. in our communities. Yep, that'll really transform stuff. And so we're doing a big uh, 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 day of action at the state capitol. It's going to be March 1st. We invite anybody to join us at the capitol where we're going to go talk to representatives and let, the, let our voices be heard and let them know that this is the type of change that we need to see in Texas. Man, no, the, the other thing, too, that, that I think is a result of all this, too, is that you had all these for-profit rackets going on. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that some of the the fault is from those those rackets. There's a there's a cool book called Lower Education, mm-hmm. and it's a African American woman who used to work for some of these for profit schools. Mm. She felt terrible doing it. She went back to graduate school, got a PhD. She wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. And these are terrible institutions that manipulate our communities, mm-hmm. black and brown. They hire folks that know the community yeah. to to basically. Uh, and it says in that book they would put the tuition at the highest maximum amount that they could get people indebted to. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I know some of those have gone under. I know there's some regulation on that, but I'll, I'll bet you that some of the folks that are suffering right now, probably some of the listeners, community college students right now, mm-hmm. when they went to these terrible, bogus schools that ripped them off, and then they try to go to the 
uh, legitimate community colleges, they're still suffering from that. So that's fantastic that it's being so uh, so proactive. Fantastic. So then people, well, if people go to the kickoff, mm-hmm. they can get flyers about all these events, right? Yeah, no, of course. They can, they can learn a lot more about it. They can also join our conversation. We've got a full-blown campaign on social media that's under hashtag lose the loans. Join, your, join the conversation on social media. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook at Jolt Texas and, 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 and embed your own personal opinion and your perspective on this because I tell, I'm telling you, Tony, there's so many students um, that are right now wondering what they're going to do after they graduate because they're going to walk out with $30,000 in debt, right? And, and that just puts a massive burden on your back. And when we have the state of Texas revoking licenses when you don't pay it, it's like, okay, well, now I can't even get a job because I don't have my professional license. So how am I going to pay off the student debt? You know, it just puts right. people in a horrible situation. And we got to mobilize around this. You know, um, um, it's imperative that we realize that um, a, 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 an education should not be a, a debt sentence. Like you shouldn't have to... Um, go broke because you want to be educated. That's not how it should be in America. Well, and I think the other thing too is that I'm hoping when I talk to students, I'm always trying to push them to get a master's degree or a PhD, but that's prohibitive. If you've got, if you went to community college or one of these for-profit schools or undergraduate, and like you say, if you're 40, if you're 20, 30, $40,000, $50,000 in debt, mm-hmm. um, I've heard of people being up to $80,000 in mm-hmm. debt with those for-profit mm-hmm. schools. You can't go to graduate school no uh worse if you can't you can't work that way that that's uh well that those are fantastic uh initiatives now what's the state and i don't mean to put you on the spot I, i'm concerned about the whole there was a bill proposed and i hope it hasn't gone far um to take uh in-state tuition away from folks who did not have documents i have not heard a lot about it lately <clears throat> Right, um, and I know we don't have the same supermajority. There's still a supermajority of Republicans, but if I understand correctly, it only takes one or two to change yeah. sides to not support it. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot about it. I'm gonna start making calls. Have you heard a lot about that? So that that, that has been proposed for this legislative cycle. That has been proposed um, to to reappeal um, and take back uh, the the opportunity for DACA recipients, essentially mm-hmm. dreamers, to have in-state tuition. So they want to take that away from DACA recipients. You know, that's absolutely horrible. That's just, that's just, that's nonsense. Uh, uh, the economy of Texas flourishes under under uh, educating and empowering our youth. Absolutely, there should be absolutely no reason as to why we need to take that step back and, and take tuition uh, away from people that live here, that have grown up here. That when, well, you know, one of, the, one of the requirements and prerequisites for you to get tuition um, free colleges in the state of Texas is for you to have graduated from a high school in Texas. So that tells you these children have grown up here. They graduated from high school here mm-hmm. and they want to go to college here. You know, they're trying to further themselves and that furthers Texas. Yep. There's absolutely no reason why we should be frowning on that. And and, and the support uh, is there. I mean, I mean, Texas, my, the majority of Texans support DACA recipients and support dreamers, and it's time that we stop attacking people that are that that are have been abiding by the laws, have been doing everything right to to, to get ahead. There's absolutely no reason to do that. Um, this this negative uh, rhetoric on immigration uh, um, is racist. I mean, there's no way around it. That's why we're building a wall in the southern border and not in the northern border. Well, and then of course we talked about student debt earlier. If you are a DACA recipient, of course, uh, as you mentioned, you have to be in school. You have to be exemplary character. You can't have any uh, criminal records. Uh, you're on the radar. You're basically um, already giving your name to the system. You're yeah. in the system. You check in every two years. You have to give your biometrics. You have to constantly let them know that you're you're in the country, that you haven't left the country. I mean, it's it's foolproof, it, right? It's, uh, it's like these are great. Students, young young folks, they have to they have to follow the rules. So think about this: if you're paying out of state tuition for the University of Houston, it's more than doubled. Mm-hmm. Same thing for community colleges too. People may mm-hmm. not realize that that if if you are going to a community college, you are paying about one hundred and fifty to one hundred seventy five dollars per class. Mm-hmm. That can double and triple mm-hmm. if you are out of state or uh, again. You're not out of state, you, yeah. like you say. You went to the, you went to Davis, Aldine. Yeah. You went to, yeah. you know, all these schools. Mm-hmm. But now, because of, 
I mean, Antonio, you're right. I, I can't see any other reason than discrimination. Yeah. I mean, we're, these are, these are not bad hombres. No. These are not cartel members. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. No. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely an attack on 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 this demographic, and um, it's unfortunate. But you know, I'm optimistic, Tony, because Harris I know I got County, all my, let, Let's get it happy. <laughs> I'm optimistic because Harris County is now the most progressive county in Texas. Man. You know, the change that just happened this last election is it's it's I mean, the impact can be felt across the state wow. and we have the 27 year old immigrant from Colombia now as the Harris County judge Lina Hidalgo, Lina Hidalgo oh, okay goodness. who's ready to bring about some change in this community we have um, over 18 African American powerful Man. new judges that were elected um, I mean this is this is a real change the the democracy in Harris County is going to propel and push Texas into a new era of prosperity and opportunity for everyone Here's I love watch. it okay you get me you get me fired up so yeah People need to make calls to their state reps, yeah. even if they're on board. Call them, tell them you support some of these bills. Mm -hmm. If that's what you, if that's what you do, mm -hmm. tell them, what, ask them where they're at on that. Um, we got a few more minutes. Um, I, I, I don't want to limit the conversation. I am interested in talking about uh, Governor Abbott's uh, attempt to to create um, open op um, at large. Seats for HISD. I, I do. I would like to talk about that possibly, but I also want to go back to Jolt. Are there any other particular initiatives that you're keeping your eye on, or that are popping up, or that you'd like folks to know about the kickoff date? Which you should. Yeah. Which so let's talk about it again. Time? So everybody's invited. Jolt is coming to Houston, January 31st, grand opening at 7305 Navigation Boulevard. That's 7305 Navigation Boulevard in the heart of the historic East End. We're so proud to be in that neighborhood, Tony. I mean, I can't tell you that people have been coming up and telling, talking, telling, telling us that there's bus in the community about us coming in oh, and. And awesome. we're we're so happy. We're so happy that's because awesome. uh, we're walking into the historic um, uh, YWCA building. Yeah, and and, and, oh, and and the work that has been done in those in those halls and in those rooms uh, echo our missions. And uh, and and we are so proud to be to be serving that community and walking on the shoulders of giants. We know that there's been organizing done here before, and we're really to just put in nuestro granito de arena and bring a little bit of support and, and see how we can Man. uplift the community there as well. So January 31st, 5.30 p.m., if you're in the East End or anywhere in Houston, come on out for the grand opening of Jolt, 7305 Navigation Boulevard. Um, but yeah, Tony, I mean, our focus is, is empowering the youth. You know, our demographic is 18 to early 30s Latinos in Texas. And that, that's the millennial bracket, roughly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The millennials. Yeah, that's, that's who we want to impact. Because, you know, right now in the state of Texas, 50% of all Texans under the age of 18 are Latino. Wow. 50% of all oh, Texans man. under the age of 18 are Latino. And 95% of them are American citizens. Wow. You know, it is projected that by 2022, Latinos will be the largest ethnic uh, demographic in the state of Texas. Forever, we have been told that we are the minority, the minority, the minority. And it is time that we make that mental switch from minority to majority and actually realize the political power and capital that comes with that and start mobilizing around that. Well, and let's keep it optimistic. I think, too... There are folks in power who understand that this is kind of the the window to work with folks. Yeah. This is, you know, it's kind of like you see this coming. Uh, mira, Antonio, and I, I don't see any negative side to this. I think it's a win-win where, I mean, maybe it's because I work with young folks. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know... Uh, like when I was eighteen, I probably scared people. You know yeah. I mean? Let's be real. When I walked in the classroom, the teacher might might not have said, "I wonder if he's going to be a poet or a novelist." Yeah. That's not me. <laughs> that may not have been the first thing they said. However, maybe because we were, well, you're and you're younger than me, so maybe because you're you're young folks, you're a young person, and I work with young people. When I see these young folks, I'm excited because they have energy, vision, and. It seems like this is a great time for, for Texans from yeah. all walks of life to, to give a hand up, but we need these folks, right? I mean, yeah. we need them for a tax base. We need them for their energy. We need them to, to program our phones, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to teach you how to use Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. The energy of the youth in the state and across the country is really mobilizing democracy. And, 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 and they are so civically engaged at, at a rate that hasn't really happened. You know, and I, I, I talk to young people a lot and they tell me, 
you know, my teacher's always telling me, well, y'all aren't going to vote, so what does it matter, right? Bang. Y'all are not going to vote. Y'all are not going to vote. And I'm like, you should use that as a challenge. See it as a challenge and prove them wrong. Come out and vote. Vote in historic numbers, which is kind of like what happened during the early yeah. vote this last, this last election cycle. And I hope that political parties take note and start empowering the youth and start realizing that now millennials are the largest ele- eligible electoral vote in the nation. So you've got to talk to them. You've got to understand what their issues are and what we need to do to amplify their vision and, and, and let them lead. Um, you know, during our, our We Are Texas report release at Jolt, we saw that um, young Latinos uh, in the state of Texas are incredibly progressive. Number one, they care about health care. That was the number one issue for them. They want to they care about health care for all, making it accessible and affordable for everyone. Number two, immigration. They want to see a solution to the immigration problem. And then number three, racial equality. They understand that there are so many divisions and that we've got to put an end to this divisive rhetoric and bring this country together. That's beautiful. Well, do, do me a favor. Give out the websites and the socials for Yes, Jolt. yes. Thank please follow us uh, online at uh, Jolt Texas on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find out more about Jolt at JoltTX.org. Um, we, we are here to help the community in any way that we can. Make sure that you come out and check us out at our grand opening, January 31st at 7305 Navigation Boulevard. We'll be there starting at 530 p.m. All right, Mona. Thanks for all you do. Keep changing the world, and uh, we'll send you the, the the podcast of this. Awesome, thank you. Oh, one last thing. One last thing is I, I would I, I, I gotta say this. Happy birthday to Cristina Sinsun Ramirez, Happy the founder birthday, of Jolt. La Mera Mera. La Jefa. Today is, is her birthday. birthday? No, yes, today is oh, her birthday. We, we forgot so, the mañanitas. Well, we. Can we play Mayanitas or is that copyrighted? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, but yeah, happy birthday to Cristina, whose vision um, is guiding us all. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, hey, happy 2019, everybody. What a great way to kick the year off. And thanks for tuning in to our last broadcast at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. A week from today, we'll be starting in four minutes. Right? That's right. Hey, Tony. Yes. I have some kind of sort of good news. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I reached out to Elton, who's the, the singer for Elisem, and they're asking when can they come. That is great news. That's not kind of sort of. That's great <laughs> news. So we're trying to book them for maybe the 5th before Surfest. Well, how about this? Book them for them live and ask them if they've got some uh, some tunes we can spin between segments as well. Fantastic idea. All right, I'll let them know. And we're doing it all live on the air. By the way, if you want to help, this is exciting. Huh? I hope you find this exciting. Uh, it, it's actually an adrenaline rush making sure everything gets moved. We appreciate Letty. Hey, you make things sound so smooth. Marlene también. You make things run so smoothly. I hope folks who listen... I hope it sounds seamless, but there's a lot of folks working behind the scenes. Next next show, if you made a resolution to give back, I hope you can be a volunteer. We've got an opening for volunteers that's on our email list. We'll tweet that out as well. But you can go from being a listener and donor <laughs> to guest to possibly running the boards in the next year. So thank you for all your support. This is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Marlene. Have a good one. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. No matter where you are on the political spectrum, KPFT is a daily check-in on the workings of democracy. Part of a democracy is an independent press and media. Media like this is supposed to be the check and balance on government. And community radio is one of the few media outlets left that is completely independent. That's why in this age of the greatest media consolidation America has ever seen, having different voices out there is essential. KPFT has been around since 1970, and we have survived through the contributions of people like you. Listeners who donate to KPFT support us because they know that's what keeps KPFT independent. Why wait for a pledge drive? You can join KPFT online at kpft.org. Thomas Jefferson said, People cannot be both ignorant and free. Help keep KPFT vibrant with your financial contribution. Visit kpft.org to join securely online. This is commercial-free, listener-sponsored Pacifica Radio, KPFT Houston.
Many of us know someone looking to sell or just get rid of an old car, truck, RV, or motorcycle. It may be just taking up room in the garage or driveway. Sometimes the cost of the repair just doesn't make a sale even worth it. And as we all look for tax deductions at the end of the year, you may want to consider donating that unwanted vehicle, running or not. KPFT can have the vehicle towed away at no charge to you. The owner, you, get a tax receipt for deductions at the end of the year, a KPFT membership, and the satisfaction of knowing that old vehicle went to a good cause. It's a win all the way around. So just call toll-free 1-855-KPFT-CALL.